As you all know, sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. We are live with our playoff packages. Warren's lifetime NFL playoffs record is 147-88 for a 63% winning percentage, while Super Bowl pick sits at 25-10 for a 71% winning percentage. Better yet, computer totals this year are an unbelievable 23-4 for an 82% winning percentage, and bowl game recommendations are currently undefeated. Get on board now for the most profitable stretch of the season. Use code 75OFF playoffs for $75 off playoff packages at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we are, uh, week 17, but not, uh, not the end. Not the end of the season. Uh, we still got another uh, one of these to go, but uh, we're in that weird time uh, between uh, Christmas and New Year's, just kind of trying to figure out how things are going. So on that note, how are things <laughs> going with you? Good, man. We had a good uh, good holiday. It was kind of a weird year because of, you know, just so much football surrounding it and news and having to work around it. But, you know, hey, we're going to do the same thing for the new year this weekend. And there's no Thursday game. So, hey, we, we could talk about there's no game that we have to avoid this week. Uh, but there are many games I like want to avoid this week. There's a lot of like huge point spreads, like just completely lopsided games, 10 point spreads, 13 point spreads. They're all over the place this week. Yeah. I mean, when you just like uh, Tampa Bay at the jets is, is a thing that's, you know, going to happen. Um, yeah. A game that we're, we're probably not going to talk about. Um, but the, again, like we kind of went into that, well, last week there were like a couple teams we wanted to talk about and we're like, oh, we won't talk about this game because uh, it's not going to matter. And then like all of a sudden the Texans are beating the Chargers. Yeah, man, that was real tough scenes for uh, the Chargers there. And they had a bunch of people out, but so did the Chargers or so did the Texans. So, I mean, that was just one of those games, man. And we've had a few of those this year, uh, you know, for uh, multiple points. That's the NFL. We'll always have those, but that really puts the Chargers kind of, season in kind of a weird spot right now but it looks like they're going to get drew lock so i mean i don't know if we'll, we'll really talk about that game but i mean the, the broncos are what they're they're pacing they could be have the be like the first defense that's number one in points allowed to not make the playoffs in like 40 years so that that's something yeah well i mean when you're you're doing whatever whatever it is they're doing on offense which and like they have a good running game it's just uh the and it's weird how we've kind of gotten to this point. Like we can like hit this game quickly. Is when we started the season, like Teddy Bridgewater was had like the highest A dot in the league uh, for like the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, and then, uh, you know, a lot of things happened. There have been injuries and and all throughout, and that have kind of like just taken away what Denver was doing earlier in the year. Now they can't get no matter who's a quarterback, they can't get any production out of the wide receivers. Um, and, you know, we'll see when kind of, you know, talked about that a couple weeks ago, but yeah, now when you have Drew Locke there and, and it, again, it, it's a Fangio defense uh, that's playing well, but like, if you're going to be going against the chargers right now, and like, we, we can focus on the chargers. Cause I think that is a bigger piece of this and a little bit of you know what happened last week. Like if you're going against the chargers, man, just like you run the ball against them and that's like all you have to do. And if you can keep that being a steady stream, like we've talked about it so many times and so many different like iterations of what the Chargers defense kind of looked like. They just, they don't have the pieces uh, to stop them run, especially when some of their best guys aren't on the field. Um, if you look like, uh, like Justin Jones, when, when he's on the field and when there's not, that's, that's a big piece in that middle of the defensive line, you know, with, 
whether, you know, just Joey Bosa, it's a completely different defense when Derwin James is on the field or not. It's a completely uh, different defense. I know like actual on off splits, you can do what you want with them, but um, when uh, Derwin James is on the field, the Chargers are allowing 0.01 EPA per play. When they're when he's off the field, they're allowing 0.11 uh, EPA per play. That's that's a huge swing uh, for just one player. But that's like Derwin James is kind of like he was that piece that was supposed to be able to move around and, and do a lot of things uh, for that defense. And just w- they've been so injured, and they didn't come in with an. Uh, uh, you know, a stack defense already. Um, and now when the offense is uh, one of the best in the league, it's turned into that, but man, like they, that's just such a glaring weakness uh, for them that it's going to be really hard to stop, especially when, if you have a team like Denver who can run and, you know, heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's what happened the first time these teams played. I mean, Denver threw 18 passes in that game and they had a pick six, but I mean, 18 total passes The chargers have gotten nothing out of their first round picks the past years. I mean, uh, what Kenneth Murray doesn't even really play anymore. And Jerry Dintillery Murray had to like play edge last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, they, they already like don't use the linebackers, but like he had to move up and like be an edge rusher last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had officially no inactives because they had not enough people to play. So they couldn't make anyone like officially inactive <laughs> in the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't done really anything. Jerry Tillery has been, he doesn't, he doesn't get sacks or stop the run. So like that, that is the last first two, two round picks have been really gotten any production out of those guys. But like you said, it really just comes down to them always just the teams are just going to run on them and run on them repeatedly. So that's why they've also been so aggressive too and trying to score touchdowns this year. Uh, although they weren't last week, you know, he kicked a couple field goals early in that game uh, that maybe they want it back, but it was really just the turnovers. They moved the ball up and down the field in the Texans pretty much the whole game. It was just the turnovers that, that crushed them. And yeah, uh, Herbert had like one of the highest EPAs for play of. Yeah. Just the, the two bad. Even like with the, even with the pick six in there, like he, he was fine. The offense again, what like, wasn't the problem. Yeah. Just the, you know, the, the two turnovers and then a couple field goals, but uh yeah, I mean, I, I want the Chargers to make it because I think that they're more fun and I want the best quarterbacks in the playoffs. But that loss put them in a weird spot, especially if Sam Ellinger plays uh, for the Colts this weekend. <laughs> yeah, so right now, uh, per 538, the Chargers are at 33% to make the playoffs. They're in the the weird um, kind of place where there's a couple teams in the AFC there that are just kind of all mixed, but everyone's around like 33. Like mm-hmm. the, the Colts are going to be like that first wild card at 97% uh, percent, uh, right now. Um, and then you just kind of look, it's uh, the Dolphins right now at, at 32%, the Ravens are at 30, uh, the Chargers are at, at 33 um, you know, you have the Browns and the Steelers who are going to be playing each other. And, and with a win, uh, one of those is going to jump up also. So you just kind of have this, this real, um, just packed in, you know, AFC, uh, in that bit of the, the wildcard race, but yeah, like I said, I think that the chargers are the most fun team there. Um, you know, if we had really gotten to talk about, we, we kind of did like, it, because we couldn't really talk about the, the chiefs chargers game. Like I, I was ready to say like the chargers, like heading into that game looks like one of the better teams in the AFC. Um, and then like, they have the really close loss. Like they played Kansas city, like really good. They held toe to toe with Kansas city. And then uh, you turn around and do that to, with Houston. Um, it, it, it does show there is a glaring flaw. Like it's not something that Kansas city was really able to take advantage of. But if, if you get into, you know, a, like a, a throwing shootout, like, the chargers are going to be uh, among the best there. But like you said, especially this time of year, like styles to make fights a little bit. And um, 
you know, just how you match up with, with some of these teams. And, and that's what it's going to come down to, especially in these last couple of games of the season. And, and Denver, it, it, because of what they can do on the ground, can be a, a slightly tough draw uh, for the Chargers. So we'll see what they can do there. Um, let's, we, we can move on to some more fun games. Like, let's continue to talk about uh, the AFC West and the, the Chiefs are they are what we thought they were at this point right we kind of say this every week but we started so much of um you know worrying about what was wrong with the chiefs and and here they are uh locked into the number number one seed in uh um well not locked in technically uh but they won the division a 73 percent chance uh for the first round by uh per 538 uh there's really not another like the titans are are the team that has the other chance, but like, again, the Titans. So just mathematically, cause they have those wins banks. Um, and now the, the, and the tiebreaker. Uh, right. Um, but again, we're, we're not expecting uh, the Titans to really be doing anything uh, like no offense to Tennessee. Like they had a real good, you know, first part of the year, but just the current team. Well, if they um, beat the dolphins, they're definitely, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, definitely we'll, get we'll get to that game. We'll get to that game because it matters. Um, but, uh, so the Chiefs, and, and now they're going to the Bengals, which is uh, a big game, especially for the Bengals. Right now, Bengals, 80% chance to make the playoffs, 73% chance um, to win the AFC North. And we kind of talked about this uh, heading into last week. But, you know, the Bengals coming off this this Ravens game here, which uh, you know, was, was fun again, to see. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you we, talk about we styles wanted... make fights, but if they don't win this game and Cleveland wins and that game's for the division next week, Cleveland, like it's weird because the Bengals match up great with the Ravens and the Browns match up great with the Bengals. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, go, this is a big going, game for the Bengals, a huge game. It is. And and it's kind of like on last week's show, we kind of said like there, there was this extra gear that we wanted to see for the Bengals. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about however like who the Ravens were running out on defense. Right. And that is very valid, but the Bengals did some things, right. That like, we just hadn't really seen them do. And like, we wanted to see them do, uh, they were, they were passing, um, at at such a high rate on on early downs when like, they really didn't need to, they could have kind of turtled into what they had been doing the the past couple of weeks. Um, but they came out uh, really pass heavy and like just some of the the scheme stuff, uh, that they were doing, it was like some of the best, like singular plays that I think the Bengals had, uh, like all season that came last week. And I, I think like, before that it was probably the other Ravens game too, but like on, on the Tyler Boyd touchdown, um, just a great look against a single high safety. You have, uh, you're in empty in a three by two set. The side with the, the two receivers is Jamar chase and T Higgins. So the single high safety is going to shade over to that side because that's where your dangerous side is. And then you have, uh, on the other side is, uh, you know, Boyd at, at, at the three in the slot, then you have uh, Uzama and and Joe Mixon. Uh, you have um, and Tyler Boyd just run like a, a little quick out and then turn up the field, and there's just no one there. And it's like it's one of the best schematic things I've seen the Bengals do, like it just in terms of a passing concept. Uh, and they like came back to that like three by two look a, a couple of times uh, with uh, Chase and and Higgins on, on the one side and whoever else was on the field on the other. And like that that's that's a lot of fun. I think that might be like how you can one how you can get Burrow in empty. Like we we've talked about that, how good he is at processing there, and that 
that helps him just kind of speed up a lot of the things. Like he just kind of knows where the protection is going to be. Um, yeah, I think you can do that on the Chiefs a little bit because they're a team that's going to be blitzing uh, probably a bunch. But I think when you can get to some of those like short and quick passes out of empty and then turn some of those double moves into big plays like that, that that's kind of what we wanted to see from the Bengals. Yeah, Burrow what, is first in the EPA and empty. They threw the ball 21 times on first down after throwing it five times the week before on first down. But they've done this. Both Ravens games, the sample is they've been aggressive throwing the football and then basically every other game not. And this is totally a game where we see coaches fall into that bait, right, against the Chiefs of trying to slow the game down. Like Brandon yeah. Staley is one of the first coaches and the Bills uh, this year but the Bills weren't that way last year, of trying to minimize possessions. So we this could be a, a total, like, reversion. Like, I can totally see Zach Taylor trying to be, like, an, like go back to trying establishing it. Uh, we'll see what they do. They should try to be aggressive. I think we're all for that. So let's see. I don't, I, I don't want to give him too much credit for because he's done it in both games against the Ravens and really not against anyone else. Um, and, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs approach defending this because from the point where the the – the Bengals played the Ravens in week seven up until last week, Joe Burrow was the least blitz quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And then the Ravens were like, well, we'll try again. We'll just see what happens. And obviously it did not work. Nothing worked. And they don't have the personnel to really do anything. The Ravens are just kind of like, they're, they're damned if they do damn, they don't right now. Uh, but the chiefs have, are, are another aggressive defense. So let's see if they throttle down. They did pull back a little bit when they faced Dak, but still blitzed him in 25% of, his snaps, they blitz Burrow on 30% of his dropbacks. So let's see if they do dial up the blitz on, on Burrow here and Spags can't really help himself because Burrow, again, is just a dude you don't want to blitz, man. They just have too many weapons on the outside. He's too good at processing um, yeah. and, and you're going to get torched. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how the Chiefs approach defending this uh, in unison with how Zach Taylor approaches it because I don't. I, I want to see Zach Taylor really put his foot on the gas and they haven't shown that they've done it outside of those two Ravens games. Um, but if the Chiefs want to stay aggressive, I mean, they could walk into a, a landmine here um, against Burrow. Yeah, and I mean, it was just like how how the Bengals have been able to just kind of take over, like, and what if, what they've done so far throughout the season has been like kind of despite some of the coaching, right? Like, there's just so much talent on that offense that they're just able to you know, put up, you know, good numbers and have production uh, despite like not really always being put into the position to take advantage of that. Just like Jamar Chase is really freaking good. Like T Higgins is really uh, freaking good. Um, So we're just, we're, we're seeing like these guys take over. And then when you have like some kind of, you know, schematic piece on, on top of that, that's what makes them like so much, like way more dangerous. Um, and then you just have a burrow who's like really good, just all over the field. Um, so I think we kind of like talk about some of these like short passes that he's doing, but, um, burrow right now is second in on target rate, um, on intermediate throws between 11 and 19 air yards, uh, among quarterbacks with at least, uh, 30, uh, attempts between there, there's 34 quarterbacks. The only, uh, player better right now is, is Kirk cousins. Uh, and then on, passes of 20 or more air yards uh burrow is uh, and i kind of wrote about this uh, the other week uh burrow's third in uh, on target rate and those are starting to click again right there was that stretch uh in the beginning of the season where they were hitting so many deep passes and then there was a stretch where not 
a lot of those were hitting. There were some of those Jamar Chase shops, but everything was like still on target and it like looked like it was so close. And now it's been back again the past couple of weeks. And so uh, I think that's going to be, you know, real interesting to see uh, whether that's something they can take advantage of. Um, and then just kind of on the other side of the ball, because we've just kind of ignored the, the Chiefs offense here, like the, the Chiefs offense is, is kind of back to like what they've been doing. Um Patrick Mahomes is, is second in, in EPA per play or just EPA in total in uh, passes 20 or more air yards. Um, like even while teams are, are trying to stop the deep pass, like he still found his way to being like one of the most productive, you know, deep throwers. Um, and, and I think they're, they're still figuring some things out, right. Um, you know, it, it's not exactly what we wanted uh, to see uh like last week it wasn't you know the, the biggest test but we got some you know uh, Tyreek Hill we saw kind of what they were able to do throwing to you know a whole bunch of different people uh without Travis Kelsey there um finally had a, like a, a Byron Pringle uh explosion but I think we can see they they can mix around some things to be an effective offense and I think that's probably going to help them in the long term really for the Chiefs it all just came down to not turning the ball over and getting a bunch of turnovers on defense. That's like how this season is totally flipped. And, and the other thing too, is we always were holding the chiefs in context of other chiefs offenses and not the current state of the NFL. Cause in the current state of the NFL, the chiefs are still one of the best offenses in the NFL and basically are first in like almost uh, like every single metric. They just ran through a stretch where they turned the ball over and had a lot of high variance plays go against them. And they've swung the other direction and teams are turning the ball over at a, a ton of times against them. And it's led to, you know, them being able to establish leads and, and get out. So uh, I just hope that everyone took, uh, you know, the what we've been talking about for weeks, that the Steelers aren't very good and everyone got to see it on full display last week. And you get to watch them in prime time again this week. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man, of course. Um, but so you know, like Cincinnati has been like kind of up and down and past defense mm-hmm. right now. They're 22nd uh, in past defense TVOA. Um, but you know, they've, they've had some highs there, but they're, they're seventh in, in rush defense. But again, it's probably something the, the chiefs aren't going to be doing, uh, quite a lot. So this might be, just be like, this could be uh chargers chiefs type of, of shootout. And I think it's going to be like a really fun game to watch. Yeah, we just need Zach Taylor to do his part. Please Zach. <laughs> And as excited as I was, you saying that just completely dropped it down. I mean, so. look, they have listen, the the Cincinnati Bengals are averaging 27 points per game, and their implied team total in this game is 22 points. So it, it, it is it is yeah, what it is. Take of that what take of that what you will. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's hit Dolphins, Titans. Like, let's try to do this very quickly because these are two very frustrating teams to talk about. Like the now, I still don't know like what to make of the the Titans, right? Or like, the we've Dolphins? Heard, if, no, well, I kind of I kind of know what to make of the Dolphins. Um, you know, they are a team that like the the talent on defense is is finally showing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly what we wanted. And then just uh, on offense, like it is it's a frustrating offense to watch. It would not be my choice to build an offense in the way they have. I understand that they kind of need to be so RPO heavy, especially with that offensive line. They don't really want to a dropping back like a five, seven step drop all the time. Um, and then you kind of have the, the Jalen Waddle role. I wrote about Jalen Waddle for the site uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
And so, so you have this, this really short RPO offense, which is, is ugly and, and it looks gross, but it, and, and part of it is it's such a high degree of difficulty to sustain, right? It, like you, you shouldn't be hoping or, or banking on how they're able to complete like 85% of their passes, right? And that's how you need that offense to move, to be able to succeed. Like it has to be such a high success right there. Right. Every but, touchdown drive has to be eight to 12 plays. Right. But I mean, <laughs> at, at this point, it kind of like it has been though, which is, which is kind of like where you need to look at what this offense is doing because like to it actually is like, is that accurate, especially like in the short game, like they can complete 85% of those passes, which is kind of insane. Again, like you don't want to bank on it. Like if this is still what the offense is going to look like in 2022, like you, you can't do that, but for what it's doing right now, like, especially with Jalen Waddle on the field. I think we kind of saw last week um, without Waddle, it, it wasn't the, as good and they still need to add to like even more like manufacture some things. But when Waddle's on the field, like some of those outs he's running like from the slot, he's so good at creating separation there um, that uh, it, it makes those things like way more open like than they should be. Right now there are, there are three players uh, with at least uh, – 30 targets from uh, one to 10 yards um, past the line of scrimmage that have over a 70% uh, success rate where uh, targets that produce positive EPA right now, those are, are Kendrick Bourne, uh, our guy, uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And like, that just kind of shows like what these guys are able to do. Like he, it's kind of like the, the Michael Thomas thing we talked about, right? Like it's, they're so reliant on slants, but no one is as good as making slants as productive as he is in that volume um, and being as efficient at that hot dial. And that's kind of what they turned Jalen Waddle into. And obviously like when we saw Jalen Waddle, like we want him running deep down the field because he can use that speed, but he's so good at that short quickness and breaking off those routes that like they can kind of sustain that. And I think like when you have uh, against this tennis, uh, Tennessee secondary, like, you have guys that you can like beat on, on some double moves and things. And like, they don't necessarily have like the quick twitch guys there. And um, I think like the way this Miami offense is again, it's like, I don't totally enjoy watching it, but I do think they have like the pieces to be able to continue to pull this off. Well, I mean, I, I did my podcast with Evan Silva and we've talked about, it. I think there's that Brian Flores and the coaching staff has done an absolutely tremendous job of what they've been, been given and that there's the disconnect with the Dolphins is the front office versus the coaching staff. I believe they absolutely have the right coaches in place. And for them to even put this together on the fly this season and get success out of it has been tremendous. The problem is, is, I mean, it's just, it's not going to be anybody good. Like yeah. you, you, they can't beat. they're not going to beat four good teams in a row playing this way. And right. that's, and that's the thing. It's, it's what sucks. It's because they've made this tremendous run and this tremendous surge uh, you know, granted against a lot of bad quarterbacks, but uh, the problem is you're not going to beat like really good quarterbacks with four times in a row. Like they might get one, but it's a great story, but it's just hard for me to like really get excited about the dolphins. when I know that like, you, they're not going to beat four good teams like this. Um, that's what sucks. That's because they're going to get in probably ahead of a team like the chargers. But I think could could beat four good teams. If it, right. if things, if, if you got a hot quarterback, but uh, I don't want it that to downplay either. Like, cause uh, Listen, I'm a Tua supporter like you, uh, Jalen Waddle supporter. There's a lot of talent on the on this team outside offensive line, and I think the coaching staff has put them in a position to succeed based on their shortcomings. But they're the absolute worst running team in the NFL outside of the Houston Texans. Uh, the, it, all of these short passes are their running game. Uh, yeah, it's just it's 
it's just hard to like, get real excited about it. And the Titans are the same way. At least the Titans, I can say like, all right, well, they've got AJ Brown back. They might get Derrick Henry back. Like I can talk myself into the Titans being able to make a run. Um, but I mean, it's, it's probably another bad matchup though. Uh, you know, for them here against the Dolphins because they can't pass protect. The Titans can't. They're going to get jailhoused every play. I mean, Tannehill's actually been pretty good against the Blitz this year and a little bit of sample that we've got. Um, but I don't know if it matters when you only have one player to throw to at this point. They were able to pull that game out against the 49ers, but they had a huge assist in that game uh, from the opposite quarterback. So maybe, I, I don't know if two is going to be. He's made a couple mistakes the past couple weeks. Like he was awful against the Jets two weeks ago, and it just didn't matter because it was the Jets. But uh, he has made a couple mistakes, but we'll see. I mean, it's it's tough. This is these are two games. These are two teams that are like here, but like I'll acknowledge they're here for now. But they're, sure, not, really, and they're like, not really and, here for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's just like it's a game we kind of like have to acknowledge because like it, a lot of playoff implications are here. Like obviously, the the Titans right now, 97% chance to make the playoffs, 88% chance to win the division. Like we kind of talked about just because of how many um, the wins they banked uh, early in the season. But uh, again, if like something weird happens in in the Chiefs game, right? The Titans are 22% chance for for that first round bye. So uh, if they win Mm -hmm. uh, against Miami and then then and then the Chiefs lose, um, it turns into Titans 73% chance uh, to I have that first round by, uh, which uh, an extra week for gives the big another week for Derek Henry to come back. And then like, they kind of look maybe what they did early in the season. So like, this is why we kind of have to talk about this game, even though this game might be, uh, incredibly ugly and, uh, and not really fun to watch, but uh, it, it matters. Um, do you think but, Flores now is coach of the year? I mean, I think he's, he's probably got to be the front runner now, except for LaFleur, him and LaFleur. Um, uh, I don't know. It, that's interesting because like he also like coached them to one and seven. So right. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> and we were kind of talking about like, well, what are the dolphins doing? Like we, ha- we had those, the conversations, uh, early in the season. I think I like wrote about it in, in a first and 10 one time of like, what is where the dolphins go from here. And that probably was at one and seven. And they obviously turned yeah, it around. They gave up 30 points to the Falcons. That one yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. It, like it was, it was ugly, um, for, uh, for, for a bit, um, lost the Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. Um, <laughs> as, as we've seen, that's, that's going to be my analysis there. Like, just don't, don't do that. I, yeah, Irv, I think Irv that got that, one on you. That, yeah. That, Can you win coach of the year if Urban Meyer beat you? I was going to say that might disqualify you from, <laughs> from coach of the year if, uh, you lose to the Jaguars. Uh, but then McDermott too. McDermott was gotta wear that. <laughs> hey, give the listen. We didn't talk. The, we could transition that right there. There's your seamless host transition into uh, the Bills were finally aggressive, and uh, look what happened. Yeah, I think we when we look. I at, guess we don't we don't want to talk about the Falcons, but hey, the Falcons might. The Falcons also might make the playoffs. Like what? Oh god. Uh, the Falcons what are 32nd in DVOA, like as, as bad as all other teams are. This is what Falcons, happens when you so NBA like, this thing and you start letting just about like every mediocre team in the playoffs. Uh, <sighs> you end up having this where like the bottom end is just not very good. In the AFC, I can make a case for a number of those teams game, but the NFC, whoever gets that seven seed in the NFC, it, it ain't it. It's not going to be good, but yeah, so... <laughs> So it is, this is going to be interesting to, to see what the bills look like right now, because, you know, 
Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis uh, cleared uh, the COVID protocols, so they should be back. But the offense kind of looked better with uh, with Isaiah McKenzie uh, in the Cole Beasley role, like it, them working him, uh, Isaiah McKenzie on like those like crossers from the slot. Um, if you look at like his next gen stats, like route chart, like that, they just spam that like the entire time. And uh, yeah, especially like a late uh, in the second half, like when they like it needed to kind of like run out the clock, they were still throwing. And like, those were the plays that they went to. And like, we, we talked about Isaiah McKenzie the last week um, about how he kind of turned into this, the slot role with uh, Beasley out in week 17 last year. And he looked really good. And before that he was kind of like the jet guy and uh, he got two uh, jet sweeps in this game. So they still kind of had that role, but he played like a really good slot receiver. And like Cole Beasley has not really been like, what even what 2020 Cole Beasley was in the slot. So I, I think uh, getting a, like a little more Isaiah McKenzie there, there was like a little more juice to that position, I think. And I think that opened up some other things um, in the offense. So I'm not going to say like Isaiah McKenzie was the key to the Bills, um, you know, being good, but uh, it, it certainly helped. And I'd like to see more of him going forward. We talked about it last week. They've just gotten away using some of a little bit of just the, the little bit of the jet motion, his just contribution, which wasn't like amazing on the stat sheet last year, but the fact that he was able to come in and create some things and just having him available, he made some plays, man. He, he was awesome last week. And then as a receiver, like as an actual receiver was, was awesome in that game. And then the, the bills were aggressive on fourth downs. They tried to win that game. They had a chance to kick a field goal to go up eight. And they were like, nah, we're going to, we're going to bury this thing. Uh, it, it was yeah, and they had they got stoned on a fourth and one two in the goal line. It didn't get that one, but uh, yeah, it was one of those things. That we, I I thought the Bills were going to win out. I said a couple weeks ago I thought the Bills were going to win out and be like the team that is like hot going in, and that looks to be set up. We'll see if they don't cave and, and falter here uh, down the stretch. Uh, but yeah, I think they're in a really good spot here. And you know, we were waiting on Mac Jones to see like it's two weeks in a row, like when the Patriots have to they don't control game script. Mac's got to make plays to get them out of rhythm, like the the. The weaknesses of that offense, it's not all Mac Jones. It's the weakness of the offense uh, in general. Like that team still lacks explosive playmakers uh, in general. And it, it's still going to be kind of like their bugaboo and hurdle that they have to overcome. But it's year one of Mac Jones. But, I mean, they, they have to get more playmakers, though, uh, on the on the off side of the ball. You can't have Jacoby Myers be the foxhole guy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, it was like a thing where – Again, we'll we're proud of ourselves here, but like Kendrick Bourne coming off, you know, COVID, we've we've seen how it, it takes guys maybe like a game or so to to get back. So he had what, like three targets. Um, he wasn't like as involved as he could have been. And again, like we talked about, like heading into last week, he was number one in in DVOA among like receivers. Um, so like that, you know, like the the run and catch stuff there is really like what they've been built around, and they don't like necessarily have the, like the run and catch guys um and it's hard and especially like with Aguilar out um you know uh, as like we we didn't like that contract he hasn't really like even played up to it but without having like a field stretcher on the field even um I think it, it condenses some things and I think they, they've had a, a little bit of of struggles there and I think like uh is still going to be out um uh I think the the last I saw so we'll, we'll, we'll see yeah right because he doesn't really have that and especially when you have like the bills who uh, with that safety tandem they're they're just going to be able to like a dive on stuff um and um and just like, when you look like 
Josh Allen was so good. Uh, I think that's like a, a piece we just kind of uh, like gloss over here. Like Josh Allen was so good uh, in that game, just making r- ridiculous throws. Um, yeah, some of the stuff to, to Stefan Diggs is like what we saw last year. Right. And it, it wasn't what we had seen um enough of in 2021 i think there there was still like a a lot of working out process where like he was getting uh, blitzed a little bit i think that was you know moving his process a little bit but man he was like the throws he made just in in that game last week were were some of the best throws he's made all season when they figured out too uh how to manufacture enough run run game yeah uh like an effective run game now with him used as the as a designed runner paired with dev just turning this thing over to Devin Singletary being used like he was the back half of his rookie season. Um, they've kind of figured out how enough because the bills did it. It was the thing where they just needed something that was above nothing. Right. Like that was what right. got exposed in the Jaguars game. And people were mad that they didn't run the ball with running backs against the bucks. But like we talked about, it was literally one of the most effective run games by a team in the in an NFL game this season. Uh, and now you're getting a little bit of both between Allen's legs and Devin Singletary now. And I think it's just enough peppered in that I, I, I think the bills are a problem. I think that they're, they're absolutely the one team that like, I, I think that is built, they built, they're built to beat the chiefs and we saw it already play out earlier in the season. So like teams are regret letting the bills. in. I think they could, they, they had to sweep the leg, man. They needed some teams to bury them. Yeah, absolutely. And right now the bills are, are third in a, uh in DVOA uh, overall as a team. And they're the number one team uh, in the AFC uh, behind Dallas and, and Tampa Bay overall. So like they, again, like they, they were, they were always there. Right. And then it was just kind of like, and we talked about it, like the most variance of any team in the league, the highs were the highest you could imagine, but then they had the lows that like no good team really should be showing. Um, and I believe they're, they're still 32nd in variance, uh, which, you know, again, like they, that's just kind of been what their season has been. Uh, but again, like, yeah, the highs can, can hang and beat anyone. Um, and that's, uh, I think what, what we saw last week and, and if they can continue to put that together, yeah, they, they are probably the, one of the most dangerous teams. Well, like you said, um, I mean, styles, like if they have to play the Colts again, that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, like it, it all depends like the matchups that come out. Like, yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's going to be fun. Like once we head into the playoffs, because like, because there are no great teams and like, again, because of like some of these styles and, and some of the, like where these great team, the, the better teams have like one weakness, but you have some other teams here that have like, that is their one big strength. I think we're, we're going to see some, some fun matchups in the playoffs where we might see, you know, teams that we think of like really good um, are going to like not be able to, uh, you know, move forward because, because of just the, you know, some of the, the matchups that are going to be exploited here. And I think that that's going to be really fun to see where, um, yeah, I think that's what the AFC is. The AFC has a bunch of teams like that. And the NFC has probably more complete teams, uh, at the top. And, you know, we've seen that from the Rams last couple weeks. I mean, the Rams through a month ago, wouldn't have won that game with Stafford playing the way he did, uh, you know, but you've got them, you've got the Bucks, who are our complete team. You've got the Packers, uh, who have some weaknesses, I guess, but I mean, Rogers is out of his mind right now. Uh, we're going to, I guess everyone's going to ignore the front half of this season and give him the MVP, but Hey, that's the way this season has been. Uh, but the, I mean, yeah, the NFC probably has a lot more complete teams at the top, but uh, the AFC is going to be like a really fun kind of like who gets matched up with who. Well, let's, let's get to one of those that, you know, we might see uh, eventually, uh, that is 
the Arizona Cardinals at the Dallas Cowboys, uh, which, uh, man, this is uh, hopefully going to be a fun game, but in Arizona, just kind of falling apart um, over the past mm, couple of weeks. I and like them. our, yeah, so like our worst fears about Arizona, um, you know, the, the defense just like, and maybe falling off a little bit, but really like the offense just going back to, hey, Kyler, go do something. Um, you know, like our, our best hope was that they figured something out in those Colt McCoy games, right. Where they had to scheme some things open. Uh, we kind of hope that translated and that just, that hasn't been the case. Things, you know, look pretty stale, um, on offense and that's, you know, a stale without Deandre Hopkins. So you don't really have, um, that guy to bail out. And I think there's a couple people have made this point and how, because Arizona's, um, you know, roles are so defined. Um, like when you lose DeAndre Hopkins, you don't necessarily like get more Rondell Moore, right? Like you have someone who needs to fill the DeAndre Hopkins role. Um, so like, it's not really like flexible in the way you can move in some of these. And I think that's kind of a, a bit of a flaw in the offense. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we've, we've kind of seen that. We've seen them try to replicate DeAndre Hopkins instead of trying to figure out you know, how can we use some of these playmakers more? Um, and I mean, you still have like Christian Kirk, you know, being good and like Zach Ertz uh, is good when DeAndre Hopkins isn't on the field, but um, there's just like, it, it's not a way to, uh, they, they don't have a lot of ways to adjust. And I think like we've really seen that over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's a bummer because year one, like Cliff did adjust and to the person I had, remember he, had, yeah. he, he created like a good run game. Uh, then, you know, last year they did what they could. And then the, the, the thing that but I bought in on and I talked about in this podcast, that's like stupid sense is that those, that three game stretch Kyler and Hopkins were out. They, they boat race the 49ers. They, yeah. they get 330 passing yards out of Colt McCoy. They, they, you said they did those things. It's like, oh man, like Cliff is actually like coaching. Like he's actually coaching. And then yes. it's all gone to just L afterwards. And they can't do anything. And, and they're hitting some of their aggression that was bound to hit. Cause Kyler was so ludicrous on like deep ball efficiency. Yeah. The front half of the season, some of that regression has started to kick in. It's and it started to look worse because of the other things like, in terms of just schematically that they're doing are, are compounding on, on it and just making it so much worse and so much harder and putting so much more on Kyler's plate um, that it's just really kind of snowballed on them. Uh, but yeah, that, that was what it is. I go that three game stretch is what I bought. And I knew they got crushed by the Panthers when I was, but like you, you kill the 49ers on the road when everyone thinks you're going to lose you're, you, they're underdogs in that game. They go to Seattle, do the same thing. And they've just done none of that good stuff. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a bummer. Um, the Cowboys are, are like scorching hot right now. Uh, you know, they've got ever since they got DeMarcus Lawrence back. I mean, they, they're another team, too, that probably are a little bit over their station because they've had so much turnover fortune and strength of opponent, like especially the last month facing Taysom Hill, Mike Clennon and the fighting Heineke's twice. Uh, like because they're still really low and like yards lob per play and they'll give up splash plays. But uh, this is another kind of litmus test too to see like all right well how real is this cowboys defense but does it really count if cliff's going to be keep being kind of the the cliff he's been the past two weeks uh the nfc yeah the cowboys are interesting because i think a lot of people are like all in on the cowboys at this point and definitely could be uh they could be but i'm still their team i still have questions about too and then number one team in in dvoa right now yeah um i mean how it, it, how crazy is that, that that an offense that has CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, 
Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Michael Gallup. But it seems like whenever they just play like that balanced short game and have Dalton Schultz involved, that's when the offense is the best. It's it's really weird. Like I go back and just look at like all Dalton Schultz's like big games and like and then the symmetry it has, like when how good their offense was, and there's like a clear corollary. Yeah, and I think that's just like one of those those little pieces that just kind of like makes the everything go. Um yeah, because they're in, you know, all 11 and, and spread so often. Um, and when you have the, that guy that like that extra guy that defenses have to, you know, keep watch of when you have like those three good receivers, like, and then that's just kind of like, you have that little outlet there. Like he's going to be uh, the mismatch if, you know, so many other resources are, are spent on those other wide receivers. Um, and I think that's just kind of like that. That's where Kellen Moore has been really good. Right. Just kind of like taking, you know, thinking about what the defense is is trying to do and just having one little thing that, that goes off it. Um, and I think so, like some of it has been some of those Dalton Schultz because you don't expect Dalton Schultz targets when uh, Lamb, Cooper right. and, uh, and Gallup are <laughs> on the field. Um, so like that just kind of like that's their element of surprise a, a little bit. So I, I, I think that that makes sense. Um, no, I mean, when that offense has been good is when they've been able to just have, uh, you know, the, the, they're using those backs in unison. Like, basically, they have just full offensive leverage is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, they're, like Kellamore's been really good when they're, like, in control. And he's just able to do all the things he wants to do. And then you see, like, everything's clicking. Uh, Dak actually looked pretty mobile on Sunday night, which I thought was pretty encouraging. That was the most, like, that was the best he's looked in terms of mobility, I think, the entire year. Uh, getting out and running because that really hasn't been a part of his game this year, uh, you know, coming off of the severe ankle injury. Yep. Um, and I know that, you know, the situation Washington entered that game with was not ideal and they probably would have got crushed by just about everybody, but it was still positive. I think just to see Dak like actually moving around to the degree he was. Yeah. And, and again, we've like talked about it. One of the best ways to, to figure out a good team is when they're blowing out bad teams and when you're, you're putting 40 plus uh, in the first half, uh, it doesn't really matter how bad the opponent is. Like that's, that's impressive. Um, especially like, it's like how you said, it's, it's one of those like well-rounded things. When you look at like their DBOA rankings, like they're only eighth in offense, uh, but they're first uh, in defense and fourth in special teams. So like right now, this is just a, a team that's, that's clicking everywhere, um, which is really good. And then like the, I mean, we've, we've talked about the defense, but it's, it's, it's so fun. Like yeah. they're just, they're doing so many like cool things with, with Pete pieces you wouldn't uh, you know necessarily you know and quinn back in the head coaching circles again that's the sums up all of 2021 right yeah uh that's (laughs) i mean they're good for the jaguars because they're just like thrown out we're just going to interview everybody um you know which which is fine and i think uh, dan quinn uh uh, denied uh, the head coaching job at least for this like two week stretch where you know the Jaguars could get a head start. Uh, so I think he said he like, wanted to, um, you know, focus on you know ending the regular season, which uh, you know uh, good for him. But yeah, he's like he's done some good things, and I think that this might be like the perfect role for him. Um, why is that because- a thing, by the way? Like why why doesn't everyone just like wait till after the Super Bowl to like do all this stuff? Yeah, I, I think that's the yeah, part of it. I it was probably that you know there would have been, um, you know, some some kind of tampering did anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it is. I think that's probably more advantageous to, to everyone. Because even but in like, college, I mean, they, it's 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 just such a it's so gross. Like 
it just puts like such a damper on everything. Like all these coaches stuff, like leave before the, the bowl game. Like you've got, you can't like things like last year with Dayball can't interview because they're still playing. And like, why not just wait till after the season for all this stuff? I don't understand why, why it has to be such a thing like immediately. I don't know. And these, these bad teams got to, you know, start, start their continuing to be bad uh, in, in some way. Um, but, but yeah. And I mean, they, they changed the rule this year. So if it, the coach was either fired before the regular season or he was told that he's not going to be the coach in 2022, which uh, is, is a fun scenario, uh, I guess. Uh, uh, but you can start, you know, interviewing uh, coaches now uh, over the last, you know, two weeks of the regular season. So, um, and, and that's where we are with Jacksonville. Like anyone who's been like up for a head coaching job, like got asked to interview for, for Jacksonville. So um, we don't really know like what that is, is going to look like, but yeah, Dan Quinn, like what he's done as a defensive coordinator, like, uh, it, it makes sense that he's, you know, back in head coaching, but like, I, I think like this spot where he can like, just focus on the defense, play around with, with all of these, like really intriguing pieces. Like they just have like super, just not necessarily like athletic guys, just like guys that like just don't exist anywhere else. Right. <laughs> um, you have like just the Micah Parsons mold, right. You just like you, that player is not anywhere else. And I think he's like really figuring out how to, you know, get all of these pieces in place. Um, and the Dallas defense has been really fun and like, we'll, there's such there's such a and that's that was the point i was just about to make they have like guys who are so good going downhill and like when you're going against a cardinals team that is going to be like running screens at probably like one of the highest (laughs) rates in the league like that yeah (laughs) so i i'm i'm really curious of of what that's going to look like because that might put it right into (laughs) dallas's hands uh where we we might see some like some big tackles for loss in this game yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's going to be – it's stylistically, like I said, it's another thing that fits in the theme of what this this podcast has been. Is Stylistically, Arizona does not line up with Dallas here. Yeah, and I mean, if, if they can you know take advantage a little bit of some of those deep shots, but again, you need the offensive line to hold up a little bit. You need someone who's you know going to get open. And for like what A.J. Green was – early in the season when like he was like super role player, like now when he's like the number one guy that has not been able to, you know, reel in as many uh, targets as he was able to, um, you know, earlier, uh, you know, you still, still got Christian Kirk. Like he's been like the deep threat and possession receiver, which like, yeah, that's a lot to ask for Christian Kirk. Um, you know, he, he was really good at that slot guy, like when Hopkins was on the field, uh, but for, you know, to put him in like the super role right now, like that's, that, that that's tough. And it's just like, they, they don't have the pieces. And, and like I said, like we were, you know, cliff defenders on this podcast, like he was doing a really good job. And I think it's kind of starting to slip away uh, a little bit, but if they can, you know, figure some things out against this Dallas offense, like they're, they're going to have to um, because uh, it, it's, it has not been looking good for, for them the past couple of weeks. Should we talk about, Cleveland and and Pittsburgh because I think I'd rather ask you about Trey Lance. Sure. Well, now we we don't know if if Trey Lance is. I mean, he's it's Tommy Kwan. Are you believing any of this? Literally, every doctor has said like, "There's Jimmy Gravel can't play with this injury," but it feels like a lot of gamesmanship. 
from Kyle right now. It feels like a lot of transparent gamesmanship. Yeah, and I, I think what what happened on <laughs> on Wednesday again. We're recording this podcast on, on Thursday morning. On Wednesday, I think Garoppolo wanted to practice. He tried to practice. He go, went onto the field like during warmups uh, and then left and and didn't come back. So um, yeah, so like the Trey Lance thing is kind of what we wanted and. Um, you know, it, it, you get to roll it out against the Houston defense. Like that's, yeah, this is the ideal, this yeah. is the ideal spot. Like the first time you were forced to do it again on the road in Arizona. Now you're at home against the Texans. Yeah. And I think that, that that's going to be a, a big difference there. And like, you have so many other pieces in the San Francisco offense that the one are, are clicking and, and back on the field too. Yes. Right. You're, you're going to have a, a Debo at, at full strength. You have Ayuk, uh, as, as you mentioned uh, in the worksheet, like a, a non Ayuk in the doghouse um, and Kittle role role that he's playing and, and George Kittle. Yeah. So like there, there are a lot of other things um, there's, like kind of like what we've seen with Garoppolo and you just, you have like a, a built in like safety net with a lot of things. And, and again, in the run game too, like that, that's still going to be there, whether it's, you know, with Debo or, or, you know, Eliza Mitchell when he's, uh, you know, taking the full and even Jeff Wilson, like the, there's a lot of things working now um, in the San Francisco offense that weren't necessarily when Lance had his, his first start um, earlier in the season. So, uh, again, like I'm not sure like what we can take from that start. Like he, there, there were some uh, up and downs, like which we've seen, but um, I think like that's what we can. If you want to like think optimistically, like there are just so many other pieces in that San Francisco offense. Like it feels really hard uh, for a quarterback to to not at least be fine. Right. And I think like, if you can be fine as a passer and then you have that run game, I think that makes them a real dangerous offense because I think even with Garoppolo, when he was, you know, so high in EPA per play and like people were, you know, trying to say that like, he's the, uh, the quarterback, like behind that, like, I don't necessarily like think that's true. There's so many schemed things there. And like, I think they can you know keep themselves out of like the third and longs that they had like a little bit with, with Garoppolo and, um, you know, even like the, the Trey Lance thing, we kind of said like he can, you know, throw deep into the outside, but I, I don't necessarily think they like need to do that yet. Um, so that's like, that's something that they can add. Uh, but I think even if they keep it like short and, you know, you have like the yards after the catch with, with Debo and, and Kittle, I think you, you'll be able to do that. And they just, I really want to see what they do with the run game. And I think that's going to be key to what we see going forward. If they get that run game, the, like the quarterback run game going um, and that just it explodes against Houston, that I think San Francisco can be like one of the more dangerous teams heading into the playoffs too. Yeah, I mean, this thing, it could be, you know, a house of cards if Lance is that bad, but this was like, this is kind of like they're out. Like, they, they, you have to you have to walk such a fine line to make the Super Bowl and win a yeah. Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. We saw it. We've seen that. Yeah. They had their chance. Uh, and you saw it on Thursday night. Like, we, we've literally been talking about this for months. Like, for months of, like, eventually, like, you know, hey, it's going to come down to Garoppolo. And Garoppolo literally lost them that game last Thursday. There's nothing else that happened in that game. Uh, I guess maybe outside of maybe not devoting some more bodies on third down to AJ Brown, but uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, that game is 10, nothing. And they're, they're going to cruise. They're going in to go up 17, nothing, 13, nothing at minimum. And he just throws the ball to a completely like Janoris Jenkins runs the route for George Kittle. 
and he throws it right at him and the game is, is turned like completely right there. And that's the same thing. And, you know, uh, I do, I do want to give Carson once a little bit of credit because that situation came up on Christmas and he delivered, you know, Carson once was really good at the end of that game. Uh, so I do want to give him a little bit of credit, but it's the same thing we talked about the 49ers. Like it's, it's such a fine line. And at least now this is an added element to where the offense can go a different place. Uh, you know, and it may be not, maybe not be these, this last stretch of games this season, but this is the future of what this of unlocking all this. Cause the, the thing about the 49ers, they have all this talent and they can't get it all to work at once. And that's the most frustrating part of watching it. Like you'd see in Thursday, like Debo goes off, but the offense is so low value and so, so contingent on just like running on like hyper hyper variance that like when one guy goes off, that means like, Oh, we have to give three targets to George Kittle now or four targets to Brandon. Ayuk. like, it, it's it's so weird how like they just funnel targets like just to one guy and then just ever someone gets frozen out every game uh all these guys should be balling there's too much talent on that offense uh to be so limited right now um hopefully we see some of it and, and some of it accelerate but it'll be lance's second career start so i doubt it's one game but at least it's like the kaepernick season right like you just add something else uh and we'll see where it goes yeah, and I think that that's what it is, and that's just kind of what we, you know, need to, you know, be watching. And again, like this is uh, again in an offense that, like, for you know, maybe as frustrating, like fantasy wise, as it is to like have one guy frozen out. And right now, it's you know, fifth in past uh, DVOA, fifth in rushing DVOA, and like I think we've seen when you can have a quarterback running, like that, that really helps uh, quite a bit. I mean, they don't and even I have think, to throw a pass think, against the Texans. I know right. that I know that the Texans just beat the Chargers, and stuff, but like their run D is so like you saw Justin Jackson just like just what he was romping for yards. But the, the like this is a stylistically matchup to keep up with the theme. Like the 49ers are going to run all over the Texans. Yeah, and I think like and that that's another place like on the other side of the ball. And I what we need to look for because I the point I was going to make is like. San Francisco needs this offense to keep clicking, right? Because of that, that defense, uh, especially like the pass defense right now, they're, they're second in run defense DVOA, but they're 20th in, in pass defense, uh, DVOA. Um, it's yeah. Second against the run 20th against the pass. Um, and I think we just kind of see like you can exploit those corners. So if San Francisco is going to make a run, like they, they need to be scoring like 30, um, and I think that's, you know, what we see against Houston is going to like kind of lay the groundwork for, for what we might see over, you know, the, the final week of the regular season and, and into the playoffs. Um, if they make it right now, they uh, do appear to uh, be favored uh, to make it 75% chance uh, to make the playoffs uh, per 538. So, um, you know, it's going to come down to, to this offense. So what, what we get in this glimpse uh, is going to be, you know, no real fun to watch because again, it is like, this is the ideal place that you want to see. Like you want to be able to, to work some things out. That's my whole thing to just get you off. And I talk about the Steelers. Uh, well, <laughs> well, so, so we don't have to, but uh, this is uh, breaking uh, from uh, Jerry Duak, who covers uh, the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, ben Roethlisberger said today that Monday night's game against the Cleveland Browns is likely his final game at Heinz Field, his first public indication that he will retire after the season. And uh, if anyone has watched Ben Roethlisberger over the past like two years at least, um, this should not be a surprise. 
Uh, so we do not have to uh, get into that game, but uh, yeah, it's tough. Not everyone, not everyone has the Tom Brady end, man. Like it's and Ben Roethlisberger was absolutely awesome for his entire career. It's just you don't. Not everyone gets to go out like Brady, man. It's you know, it is what it is. Ben is just, and we'll find out too because how good it's not like Matt Canada. The pair, it's just been a disaster of a pairing. I don't. It's not even starting the Steelers. I want to. I want to see him go out like guns blazing, like thirteen a dot. I mean, just, is, can they do it? They can't like, block. The, the, like the, the water boy, right? Like last last game of the year. There's no need to hold anything back now. Yeah. I mean, their offensive line is so bad too. It's just uh it's just a bad offense. Yeah, man. Ben, go go out of here. Uh <laughs> just go go routes every game, every throw. And they beat um, the Browns already once. Uh, but I mean the state of the Steelers defensively right now, too, is not helping them. It's so a lot we, we, we don't need to do this. I can I can see the look uh, on your face. We'll we'll end <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll end the show. But you know the NFL um, is pulling for the the Chiefs Browns this week to set up that win the division game known week 18 to acknowledge that week 18 mattered. Yes. Yeah. And that, <laughs> uh, yeah. And they, and they, again, another like heavy, um, you know, d- divisional uh, week in, in week 18, but I mean, the Browns so, are so one of those teams that were really hurt. It's the, the fluctuation of the roles that changed again this week. I mean, the Browns are another team that were, were hurt by the, you know, the old roles, you know, the, yeah. they probably beat the Raiders with anyone other than Nick Mullins in that game. And not, not even Nick Mullins bad, they, but they would have had more players. They, they, they were just so riddled uh, on, across the, across the defensive line, across the offensive line uh, in that game too. They probably, would have, it, it took, I mean, the CDC changed it, but you know, I'd like to just credit it for them making everyone watch Ian book in prime time is what really changed the rules. Like the CDC, it was just like, no, we, this, this can't happen. Um, all right. We're really going off. We'd probably here, so. Taysom Hill would have looked the same. Yeah, probably, probably not all that different. Um, but Taysom, Taysom could have thrown that pick six. I, that's, that's in Taysom's wheelhouse. Uh, I mean, uh, I can't believe we've gotten the entire podcast and we did not preview Taysom Hill against Sam Darnold, uh, the Carolina Panthers starter once again. Um, but you were right all along on the Panthers. Take it. Yeah, and, well, I mean, they, that went more off the rails than I even thought. And you're going to win the wins league, man. You're, you're cruising. I'm not sure. No, it's it's pretty close. Is it? Yeah. I thought um, you were, uh, you come on strong. I'm out of it now. I collapsed. Yeah. I think our, our props draft, I think I'm the only person who won a prop. Um, but we'll, we'll get back to those uh, probably after after the regular season. We'll, we'll look back on on some of those in a different show. Um, but uh, for now, again, you can read all of our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com. The worksheet is uh, still kicking. This is the, the last really big week. Um, every game no week. Uh, is up there. The, the week. Um, so... Uh, Again, you can uh, follow Rich on Twitter at uh, Lord Reeves. Listen to uh, his fantasy show, which is still uh, coming out on this uh, feed. Uh, you have Ryan McChrystal, who's going to be doing the, the betting show, still on this feed. So we have uh, three great shows on on one feed here. Uh, if you found this show, uh, just subscribe and those will pop up. Um, you can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pizzuta. Thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. I'm not afraid of